You are listening to the Marketing Rescue Podcast, the weekly show where we take a look at some epic marketing failures, along with some pretty amazing brand rescues and comebacks. And now your hosts, Nico and Chad. Hey, Chad. Yeah. Here's a really easy question for you. When did racism end in the U.S.? Uh, It hasn't. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you're right. That was a very easy question. That was a softball. (laughs) Which is crazy, right? 2020, and we're still fighting with racism in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit of deja vu. Yeah, if you think of, like, the timeline, you know, fast-forwarding, in 1861 was a civil war. In 1909, the NAACP was founded. Then in 1941, a massive group of African-Americans fought in World War II. Mm. And Brown versus the Board of Education in 1954. Rosa Parks boycotting the bus in 1955. And I Have a Dream, obviously famous in 1963. Mm -hmm. Selma March, 1965. Malcolm X, that was shot in 1965. Voting Rights, that was changed in 1965 as well. And then obviously close to where we live in 1992, the LA riots, right? Yep, yep. And then in 2008, the first African-American president, number 44th, Barack Obama. And then 2020, still going on. (laughs) (laughs) Right, it's just this whole timeline of how things have been evolving. But if you just look at where we are today, it's like nothing has really changed. It's kind of crazy. It is strange how human progress is such a slow, slogging, herky-jerky move forward. You'd think that after all of that history that you just very well laid out, that there would be a general consensus recognition. Yeah. And yet we have to go through these really difficult fits of trying so hard to drive change. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy. You know, I've been in the US for nearly 17 years now, and I've been a citizen for half of that. And as you know, I was born and raised in South Africa, and apartheid changed in 1994, which is really recent. You know, whenever I talk to somebody who's not familiar with the history of South Africa, it's like, wow, 1994 is just like recently, you know? So no wonder the country's still (laughs) struggling with coming out of that and, and everything else. But if you look at the U.S. history and that timeline that is laid out, that's also recent. That's just around the corner. It's not that far back if you think about it. And yet we're still struggling with racism in the country, which is really sad. Yes, it is. So we're going to be talking about a ad campaign today that dovetails into this whole racist conversation that we're having. And it's about Dove. And if you think of Dove, you would never associate that with racism. But very often racism is how it's perceived versus how it was intended, right? It's very, very similar to, if you think of like sexual harassment, how somebody might think or perceive sexual harassment is sometimes very often different than how it's intended. And that's what the core problem is. So... In 1957, the soap company Lever Brothers, the company that eventually became Unilever, introduced the Dove Beauty Bar. And it was a soap brand exclusively for women's faces. They branded it as gently on the skin without all the additives most soaps contain. 
According to the Unilever website, quote, with this patented blend of mild cleansers and a quarter moisturizing cream, Dove's iconic beauty bar rinses cleaner than soap, leaving the skin soft and smooth. It is the number one dermatologist recommended brand in the US, Canada and France and strongly endorsed by dermatologists across the world. Yeah, and so historically Dove has been known for the unique shape of their soap, that kind of softer flowing shape that's very distinctive. My parents growing up used Dove soap. I very much remember those bars of soap around the house. And starting in the 1950s, their TV ads really stood out. From Lieber House in New York City comes the greatest skincare discovery of our time. Its name is Dove. This amazing new bath and toilet bar is actually one quarter cleansing cream. Every bar of new Dove is one quarter cleansing cream. Ordinary soap dries your skin, but Dove creams your skin while you wash. Make this simple test. Wash one half of your face with soap, any soap. Rinse thoroughly and then notice how dry your skin feels after using soap. Now wash the other half of your face with amazing new Dove. No after feeling of dryness now. Your skin has a velvety, just creamed feeling. That's because Dove creams your skin while you wash. Lever Brothers guarantees that Dove is better for your skin than any soap or your money back. Dove creams your skin while you wash. And we'll throw that ad in the show notes. It's really great. And just for reference, that was in 1957, and that was when the first African-American started attending public schools in the U.S. Interesting. Yeah. Well, ad campaigns with these images of pouring cream into the shape of a bar of Dove soap, symbolizing Dove's moisturizing characteristics, started to come out. And these comparison ads, like what we just listened to, called the Dove Face Test, where they'd wash one half of a woman's face with another leading brand and then one half with Dove. And the Dove side came out softer and less dried out, really started to kind of catch on and were very successful. So Dove continued to move with the times in the 60s. And as the first wave of feminism started to kind of catch on in the US, Dove launched the Real Women campaigns featuring hidden camera footage of testimonials and at this time, they were actually all actors, but the ads did at that time come off as effective. And they talked about how much they loved Dove. And Dove continued to evolve and progress, moving beyond soap into moisturizers, skincare products throughout the years, along with their hair care products. Now it's not just soap, but they have body washes and a bunch of other types of personal care products. And in the 80s, Dove launches campaigns with the I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar tagline, and a woman's place, we all know, is wherever she wants it to be. So let's listen to this Dove ad from 1985. To find something that cleans and moisturizes at the same time in one bar, Dove is a thousand times better than soap. We asked women across America to give up their ordinary soap and take the Dove seven-day test. Soap dried my skin out. Dove made it feel soft. Dove is one quarter moisturizing cream. It doesn't dry your face like soap. Dove makes you feel prettier because it makes your face feel so soft and touchable. Dove is better than soap. You can feel it in your skin. Dove is the best thing that's happened to my face. 
So during this time, Dove was a leader in female-centered advertising and the ads that rang out with equality and empowerment. This was like their positioning during this time. So it was with the history that in 2004, Dove launched the Real Beauty campaign. Dove had research data stating that just 2% of women consider themselves as beautiful, self-proclaimed beauty. Oh, man. Yeah, it's kind of sad, right? <laughs> yeah. And what's sad is we both dads of daughters, like researching this whole thing really made me just think of Kat and, and how she perceives herself and right. how important it is to give her confidence as a little one, because I think she'll pull that through as an adult or teenager one day. For sure. Luckily, I only have one and not three. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've got a lot of beauty confidence to instill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they created ads speaking to individual beauty in all women and showing all types of women, not just the stereotypical supermodel that you might see in beauty ads. And one of the most compelling ads is sketch artists drew two pictures of the same woman, one as they describe themselves, and then another were described by a friend or by a bystander. And the difference is really striking. So let's quickly listen to that. I should be more grateful of my natural beauty. It impacts the choices and the friends that we make, the jobs we apply for, how we treat our children. It impacts everything. It couldn't be more critical to your happiness. Do you think you're more beautiful than you say? Yeah. Yeah. We spend a lot of time as women analyzing and trying to fix the things that aren't quite right. And we should spend more time appreciating the things that we do like. Yeah, I remember when this ad came out. Yeah, me too. I totally remember it. Yeah, it was... Very striking. Very powerful. Yeah, indeed. And granted, I'm not a woman. However, it still, you know, it affected me as well. Like, I just thought, geez, man, like, it's just such a personal human thing yeah. to be self-critical and to focus on the flaws that you have and the things that you don't like about yourself or your body or whatever the case might be. It's just such a really powerful way to create a very positive brand perception and drive that kind of emotional connection with the brand really reinforcing your value as a human being. And that's gold when you can evoke that emotional stir inside of somebody and then connect it to a brand. That's the sweet spot that everybody wants to get to. <laughs> right, right. While also doing something positive in the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Global VP Fernando Machado described the goal of the campaign and of Dove as the company, quote, to create a world where beauty is the source of confidence and not anxiety, which I think is just amazing. Dove created billboards featuring real women, not models, and had people vote on whether they were beautiful or not. It could have been disastrous, but the votes were overwhelmingly super positive. So Dove seemed to be doing all the things that brands wanted to do, talking about that sweet spot, marketing their brand well, and also accomplishing meaningful social good, which is something you and I talk about in the show a lot, that a lot of companies <laughs> have a foundation or they have this yeah. or that, and it doesn't really mean much. It's more like ticking a box. 
So this is a really powerful campaign of doing social good, but also leveraging their brand and achieving that. Yeah. And that can be very tricky. Playing in that realm of altruism can be a little bit of a dangerous place. The more you lean into having a clear point of view and doing something that's going to be really high impact, the higher risk you have of people perceiving that the wrong way or... People perceiving it as being fake. Yeah, exactly. The more specific and niche you get with your message and how you target it, the greater possibility you have of potentially alienating a lot of other people. Yeah. So that I think is a little bit different than what we're about to talk about in that there's a difference between something being a little bit tricky and maybe not coming off as you would like it to and something having legitimate undertones of this is not okay, (laughs) right? Like there's some clear problems and that's what we see with the 2017 Dove ad that ran online. It was a three-second Facebook ad that featured a black woman taking her top off to reveal a white woman underneath. And this was like a before and after of using the product. Mm. So we'll, we'll, of course, link to the ad in the show notes. And so, (laughs) oh man, the internet just went nuts with this. I mean, it's just crazy to me that there wasn't in the review process anybody that said, hang on, let me just raise my hand for one second and just ask a question. Both on the client side and the agency side, right? It's like, right. but that happened for a reason, which we'll unpack a little bit, but there's a reason why nobody raised their hand through this. And I can't wait to hear you unpack it. So <laughs> the <laughs> the responses were things like, what are the employees of Dove smoking was, you know, an actual tweet. And dear Dove, go shove your useless products to the nearest white supremacy ditch. Mm, ouch. So this launches the hashtag boycott Dove. Mm. And Dove, for their part, issues an apology in a statement saying, an image we recently posted on Facebook missed the mark in representing women of color thoughtfully. We deeply regret the offense it caused. So... I don't know how I feel about that apology because to me, it's not missing the mark in representing women of color thoughtfully. Yeah. It's very clearly sending a message that white skin is better than dark skin. It's preferred. It's preferred, right? That's the end result of using their products. That's a, if you just look at it without knowing any context, it's like you have a black skin, you use Dove, and you'll end up white, <laughs> which is just, I mean, just think about that. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. What's even more crazy is this is three years ago. So this is not in the 60s or 50s or 70s. This is three years ago. Right. And we've kind of been through this before with advertising. We've seen a lot of ads that were completely tone deaf racist ads, sexist ads, whatever the case might be, the advertising industry in a whole really tries to kind of tout itself as being progressive and we're really going to take a stand and inclusive and do marketing with meaning and all of those types of things. And yet we still see ads like this coming out from major brands and out of major agencies. And I think there's a reason for that. So go for it. What Which we'll get to in a minute. Let's tease it out a little bit. Uh, Okay. All right. (laughs) So the outrage 
kind of also reminds people of another Dove ad Mm -hmm. that came out in 2011 that also caused a little bit of a stir. So that ad featured three women in front of panels that said before and after. The women were positioned so that the black woman was in front of the before panel Mm. and a white woman with dark hair in the middle and a white blonde woman in front of the after panel. And the caption for the ad says, quote, visibly more beautiful skin from the most unexpected of places, your shower. Oh, man, that's just horrible. It's just terrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. Yeah. How did that happen? Yes. Well, Dove's statement at the time said that all three women were meant to symbolize the after state because they were all wearing towels. Right. But you put the black woman on the left, right above the before. I mean, come on. Right. And regardless of what the intention is, isn't there anybody who has a review process and just looks at this? Is is there no concept testing Right. So these are all like very just basic foundational principles of, mm-hmm. of marketing. Right. And especially when you're a major brand, there's no excuse for not going through these processes. Even if you don't have a strong multicultural infrastructure, there should be processes that you have in place to pressure test any large scale consumer product ad that is going to be going out to the masses. Yeah, but there should also not be any racism in the US. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And it's still raging. So critics said that this ad indicated that the lighter skin were more beautiful, like we just said, and pointed out that Dove's parent company, this definitely didn't help them, Unilever, sold skin whitening products throughout the world. And it's super hypocritical to say that Dove is empowering women of all colors when it's catering to racist stereotypes with products in other markets. The fact that they're selling skin whitening products did not help them. And that's an important point because having a brand that's built around driving the perception of all women are beautiful, so being kind of feminist doesn't necessarily mean that you're also not racist, right? Like you could be non-racist and be anti-LGBT. Yeah, absolutely. Or you could be pro-LGBT and also be racist, right? Those things aren't like- Lumped together. Yeah, exactly. So just because they have this brand reputation of empowering women to feel better about themselves from a beauty perspective, that doesn't mean that they don't have race problems. So if you put your brand forward as trying to make women feel beautiful, and that's what you lead with. I'm going to go to the limb here and you're going to say, you're going to assume that that's also being all-inclusive. It should be. Right. And I think that's where a lot of people were kind of like caught off guard with a lot of this stuff because they just assumed that. Right. Because that ad we just looked at about the two sketches, it's really going deep into the emotional troubles that some women experience. And that does include racism as well for a lot of people, specifically within the US, right? Yeah, absolutely. So after the scandal in 2017, Dove issued a statement saying that they were, quote, re-evaluating their internal practices for creating and improving content. Oh man, how does that happen, right? Yeah, at multiple levels, the fact that it was even created in the first place and pitched as a concept then the fact that it made it through internal reviews at the agency, then the fact that it made it to 
client presentation. Then it made it through client presentation. Then it made it most probably past legal and higher level reviews. And then still goes out. It's mind boggling. Yeah. But after that apology, critics weren't about to let Dove off that easily because this is a big deal. Erich Jogumstaller, founder and CEO of Vivaldi Partners, a brand strategy firm, said, quote, Dove's brand has been built on the unique and well-communicated belief system. And this ad undermines the very brand value for which Dove stands. And Chris O'Leary from the New York City-based PR firm Mulberry and Aster called it, quote, unconscionable and said, quote, when your ad is being called racist by people across social media, you've done a lot more than miss the mark. It just goes to show that in reality, there's a long way from cons to Main Street. Maybe they should have real people create the ads rather than just starring in them. And that's an article that we found on Yahoo Finance. And that's exactly what we were just talking about, this, what you see at Cannes and South by Southwest and the way that agencies really try to tout and promote themselves is good as an industry, but oh man, do we have a long way to go in advertising yet? Yep. And Dove is not alone. There's a lot of other examples of companies who even very recently have gotten themselves into the similar type of trouble from other insensitive, if not just racist ads, right? So the Dove scandal came just months after German skincare company Nivea embarrassingly put out a deodorant ad that stated, white is purity. Mm. <laughs> Specifically because they're a German company. Come on, guys. A little on the nose with that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of history we need to overcompensate for here. Yes. Got to have a, some level of self-awareness. So the clothing company H&M also apologized after releasing an ad showing a black child wearing a hoodie that said, quote, coolest monkey in the jungle on the front, causing a huge backlash. So in a very short, similar period of time, 2017, 2018, this series mm -hmm. of ads come out that just make no sense at all <laughs> and just show a complete lack of awareness or sensitivity. And it just makes me think, what is happening here? Is this thoughtlessness? Is this carelessness? Or is there a certain intentionality? And just as one more example, Heineken also put out a questionable ad during this time period. And Chance the Rapper said that brands were, quote, purposely putting out noticeably racist ads so they can get more views. So that's kind of a cynical look at it. And I don't know how true that is. Yeah. I don't know if that's accurate. This is saying that there's no such thing as a bad press, but when it relates to racism and an ad campaign, I don't know if that's good press because people associate your brand with that. Is the exact opposite of that sketch campaign that we just saw. It evokes an emotion inside of you that's rooted from generations of pain. And all of a sudden, you associate that pain with the brand. And that's a real problem. Right. Yeah, it's going to create anger. It's going to do the things that you don't want it to do in terms of the energy that you're putting into the world and into your brand and it's just not the right thing to do, I think there's a lot of people who 
They would never call themselves a racist. They would never think of themselves as a racist, but they don't realize that the way that they think about things is actually racist. And so I think that's part of how you get ads like this is I think people who don't realize what they're doing and need to understand that what they're doing is not okay. Yeah, but it gets back to when we started, we said that how you intend something and how it's perceived, even though they are from two different locations, it's usually how it's perceived that is the most accurate perceptionist reality circumstance, (laughs) right? Right. So you can ask yourself, how on earth does something like this happen? I have an opinion on this. So how could such a message make it to the public, launch without somebody, like you just said, seeing it along the way, all the way from the agency, internal review process, to then the client, to then legal? I mean, how on earth does it happen? Well, I think one of the reasons companies have tried to create cultural sense of content and recognizing with their efforts to fail to do so is because they're not diverse themselves. The little bit research that we did from we understand during this time, the board or the executive team at Dove was predominantly Caucasian. So how can you expect a bunch of white people to produce an ad that's supposed to be diverse and catch it? It's the same as a bunch of men marketing to females or a bunch of men marketing female hygiene products. At some point, the ad is going to miss the mark because they're not the target audience. And I think that's exactly what happened here. The advertising marketplace and the ad biz hiring simply hasn't caught up with the reality of purchase behavior. So very often, this is still a bunch of white men that drives these campaigns versus having a diversified subset of talent that feeds into the actual campaign. Black women in particular are even ever more powerful force in trendsetting and purchasing. But representation of black women in boardrooms and executive panels, not just in advertising, but elsewhere is continuing to lag. And I I really think that is part of the reason why this even happened. And that's one of the big problems that we have just in the advertising industry in general is that creative directors, art directors, and executive creative directors don't match our world and our country's demographics. It's predominantly white males that are creative directors and executive creative directors in the agency world. And that just doesn't, to your point, it doesn't match. There's no congruency between demographics of, for example, the US, yeah, around 50% being female, yeah. and the vast majority of ECDs being male, 13% of Americans being African American, and a very small percentage of creative directors being African American. I mean, just the numbers are completely out of whack. And that's on us as an advertising industry to fix that. Yeah. And putting it another way, if advertisers want to make sure that they don't offend women, like we've just done here, or people of color, or any other represented minority, they need to hire them and put them in positions to keep things like this from happening, to your point. I'm surprised that we don't see more of this happening. And until we do that, to your point as an industry, things like this will continue to happen. And you know why? Because blind spots 
if you think about the term, blind spots are exactly that. It's places that we can't see that you don't even know exists because you don't know what you're looking out for. And that is exactly what happened here. Exactly. And so Stephanie Cottle is the founder of Black Girl Group, a company that helps businesses do exactly that, helps them eliminate those blind spots that they have within their organization as it comes to multicultural marketing, specifically within the African-American community. And so her company connects freelance African-American women with companies creating content for African-American audiences. She says you either care about this issue or you don't. It's very simple. Quote, We currently live in a very racially charged climate, and I'm a firm believer that if you don't understand the importance of creating quality content without offending others now, you never will. It's so true. Right? Like after everything we've been through and the megaphone that social media has pointed towards this issue, I think she's completely right. Absolutely. So she believes these kinds of incidents are more about insensitivity rather than an intent to be racist or an intent to offend. She chalks it up to half-hearted attempts at diversity in the ad industry. And so she says, you know, you want to make sure your message connects with black women, hire black women to write it. It really can be that simple. Yeah, exactly. It's such an obvious thing, right? And if you say it the way you just did, you go, of course, but it's just not the case. It just doesn't happen. That's why we have things like this just slip through that really shocks people. But if you think of the talent producing these ads and approving these ads and trafficking these ads, of course it's going to happen. Now, for what it's worth, I think there is kind of an interesting dynamic as well at play within the ad industry that sometimes even with some of those safeguards, things still happen. So for example, the model in this Dove ad that we're talking about, when asked about it by the press, she actually defended the ad and said that wasn't the intention of the ad, that wasn't what we were trying to do. Me as the model in the ad, I felt okay with it. We kind of often see this with the people who participate, like for example, in the Peloton ad. I was just thinking the same thing, yeah, Peloton. That's a very different situation in that it's not a situation related to racism. However, I think there's a lot of pressure on people whose livelihood depends on not coming off as being controversial or somebody that advertisers don't want to touch or that kind of a thing, a problem maker. There's kind of a go along to get along type of an attitude sometimes. And for me as a white man, I certainly can't sit back and judge her or her thinking, or I don't know the circumstances surrounding her participation, but I think it's going to take all of us together to be aware and to understand that just because somebody is willing to go along with something doesn't necessarily make it okay. So at the end of the day, what does this controversy do to Dove? It's been three years (laughs) since 2017. Where do we go from here? And how is Dove doing? Yeah, most analysts during the time and still today kind of like say this is not going to hurt them long term. Paulina Lazama, the brand and purpose director at creative agency Rye, calls Unilever the poster child of purpose-driven brands and says their legacy of doing so helped them to recover. 
And there's a quote from her, quote, is it the end of the brand? Absolutely not. If less genuine brands like Pepsi and Volkswagen had carried on with their own business as usual with their faux pas, it just shows that the consumer are quick to criticize, but also quick to forgive and forget. And Dove, for their part, they've doubled down on their commitment to representing real women in their advertising. Sophie Galvani, who is the global VP at Dove, said that while Dove has made mistakes looking to promote diversity, 70% of women still don't feel represented in advertising, and that means it's a problem worth continuing to tackle. She goes on to say, quote, we're going to find ourselves sometimes making mistakes or falling prey to things. That's just the nature of being out there and trying to make a difference. We're not going to lose the game because there is so much to be done. We may get criticized for it, but we pick ourselves up and move forward. And I'm not sure if this quote is directly in context to this particular ad, but if it is, I don't agree with that statement at all. So things like putting out very clearly, obviously racist ads, that's not the same as making a mistake while trying to be out there and make a difference. Yeah, exactly. That's not just an accidental collateral damage of trying to do the right thing. It's clearly and overtly doing the wrong thing. <laughs> so I, I, I just don't see the connection there. Yeah, in 2017, Dove renewed their commitment to promoting real beauty of women around the world. And here's a statement that we took from the Unilever.com website and says, quote, Women have always been our inspiration. Since the beginning, we have been wholly committed to providing superior care to all women and to champion real women and real beauty in our advertising. So I don't know. That's also a very wishy-washy statement, if you ask me. It doesn't talk about their lack of diversity as a company and as a leadership. Maybe they just don't even realize that. Maybe they just don't think that that's what the problem is. Maybe they just truly believe this wasn't intended this way and something has slipped through. But again, if it's perceived as racist, chances are that it is racist because you're offending certain people of color by doing this. So therefore, you need to address that and you need to look deep inside of why that happens. And if you look deep enough, you'll realize that there's no people of color that's represented around the table. And I can guarantee you right now, if there was a person of color throughout the review process, they would have raised their hand and said, um, hang on, this is maybe not the way that we want to portray our priority of communication here. And that just didn't happen. So I'm kind of, yes, I don't think it'll hurt the brand long-term, but I am kind of disappointed that there were no statement that came out and that they owned their mistake and said, this is what we're going to do in fixing it. And kind of like just leaned into, it was a mistake. It wasn't intended that way. So here's where the whole humility thing comes in that we talk about a lot on the podcast, right? Absolutely. Really hitting it head on and acknowledging, hey, if something like this was to happen, this is more than an accident. Just the fact that this could even bubble up to possibility, let alone actually be deployed, 
means that there is something that we need to take a very deep, strong, and critical internal evaluation of because clearly we've got some reflection to do as an organization that this could even come about. So just hitting this head on would instill a lot more confidence, I think, in people. And credibility to the people that you offended by doing this. Right. That your apology is sincere, that it means something, that you're actually taking massive action to solve the problem and do what you should be doing. So in 2017, in celebration of Dove's 60-year anniversary, they put out a statement saying that they were renewing their commitment to women globally by launching the Dove Real Beauty Pledge, consisting of three vows. One, we always feature women, never models. We portray women as they are in real life. We do not digitally distort our images. We are helping 40 million young people build self-esteem and positive body confidence. So those are the three vows. But in those three vows, and again, this is in 2017, there's no addressing of cultural diversity, racism. Inclusivity. Yeah, it's just, I think they just missed it a little bit. They missed the mark. But they're going to continue missing it unless they diversify their leadership team and their board team. Right. Yep. And it's one of those things that you have to make it a priority and you have to take action in order for that to happen. Yeah, you can't just be aware of it and try to avoid doing it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you are. All right, we'll wrap it up here, everybody. Thanks for listening and we'll speak to you guys next week. You've been listening to the Marketing Rescue Podcast. This show is hosted by Nico Katsia and Chad Childress, the co-founders of KPI Agency, a marketing rescue agency. Be sure to visit marketingrescuepodcast.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, contact the hosts, and discover fantastic bonus content.